Before we get into this episode, I wanted to go back and throw in a trigger warning just in case we do share a um, a coming out story and we want to try to be as responsible as possible with things like that. We go into that story around minute 46 and it lasts about two to three minutes. I'll try to mark that in the show notes that, so that you can skip that part if you if you need to. But then the rest of the episode is just our usual nonsense. So, all right, I'll let you get to it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer's Folk. We are back. We're back. Yeah, with a regular episode, <laughs> and we are going to tackle 508 today. Yes. I really needed that break uh, before yeah. we got into it. No, I did. <laughs> I needed it because then it made me made me appreciate the babies even more. So, yeah, yeah this episode was fire. Yeah, okay. and I really could not wait to watch this one with you, and y'all already know why, but we're going to talk about why Girl. as we get there later. Uh. <laughs> I'm on cloud nine right yes, now. Yes, okay? but we are going to start at the top. We start with Brian and some trick, but also Brandon and some trick. And they are making their way down the top 10 mm-hmm. list that they came up with. And I mean, we're no strangers to seeing Brian with a trick, but this just wasn't really doing anything for nah, me. It, it, it didn't. You see, I gave no comments on it. It didn't do anything for yeah. me because, baby, you passed the tricks. You let the best little, I didn't even <laughs> call him a trick, but you let the best thing walk out your life last episode. So, uh-uh. Yeah. Like, it just, it didn't do it for me. No, and we know why he is battling it out with Brandon. Like, he's been in the number one spot for a long time, and he is being challenged now by what seems to be a worthy opponent. I don't find him to be a formidable foe, but other men on Liberty Avenue do. Yeah. So you might want to know, like, why is this important to Brian after all the growth we've seen from him? And since it's our first time back after a little while, I'm going to go on and treat y'all to a rant. Yes, go ahead, girl. <laughs> but treat please, us. But please jump in. Um, Yeah, okay. So we have seen all this growth in him. But really, at this point in the season, what else does he have to cling to? Mm-hmm. Like, he's falling out with Michael. He and Justin are not together. He has kinetic, but that's a separate category, mm-hmm. kind of. So really, for Brian, who has never mapped out a future or a purpose for himself outside of work hard, play harder, what does he have to live for mm-hmm. if not for his reputation and his pleasure? He's just kind of falling back on what he's always right. known. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, why wouldn't he fall back into those old patterns in ways and beliefs, even though it's, you know, frustrating or whatever? He had never given up his rep anyway. Like, I mean, right. that's something that's embedded in him. Right. It, that, it still wasn't. Cha- yeah. Even when he was in a relationship, right. their reputation wasn't challenged. No, it wasn't going to. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's nothing new. Continue. Yeah. And but also the other thing is, if no one is challenging Brian to be more than the stud of Liberty Avenue, then why would he strive to be more than that? Like, all of the growth that we saw in Brian was in response to the relationships in yes. his life, be they platonic or romantic. And I said somewhere that from season one, Brian has the most room for growth when we met him in season one. But in his mind, he has the less need for growth. Right. And he doesn't think that there's anything wrong with how he was living his life in season one. And he had convinced himself that he was totally happy with the life that he led, drinks, drugs, and dudes. Yeah. And then he came along, he, of course, being Justin. Yeah. But with Justin not there, telling um, him and eventually convincing him that he's more than his persona, Brian goes back to finding his worth in what worked before. Mm-hmm. Even Michael, on occasion, would try to tell Brian that he 
would always be young and beautiful and that his worth wasn't this shallow or fleeting thing. But the last time they spoke, Michael told him that he wasn't worth staying around for. So I think that the crisis that Brian had in episode one of this season, everything that he said and did in that episode really foretold what was going to happen with him over the course of the rest of these episodes, you know. Um, in fact, the rage panels that they show at the end of that, I didn't say it then because I didn't want to spoil it, but they foretell the coming episodes. So it's like wow. scenes from the episodes mm-hmm, to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it would appear that Brian has regressed. And while I'm sure that might be annoying or frustrating to some, I'm more interested in exploring why he would have regressed. Like, why would he go back to acting that way? We can't get into that right now, but please <laughs> believe it will be gotten into at some point. Here's a little preview of it. Personally, I don't feel like they lost Brian's character profile or his development or that they are discrediting his growth because growth is not a straight line with a steep curve. And Brian just had a major life shift. I mean, he just went through a breakup. He has fallen out with his best friend that he's had for half his life. And so I expect a little backsliding, you know, or a little bit of floundering. I think that is to be expect it. And also, this is what Brian does when he feels that change is kind of closing in on him. Remember in season one, he wanted to flee to New York and go cling to more of the exact same thing is what Lindsay tells him. Like, no, you're just going to go do the same thing in New York that you were doing here. But it's because I think Brian felt that change kind of coming in. He felt it creeping in and he thought he could keep it away, keep it at bay if he if he got out (laughs) and went to New York. So We've seen this in him before, and I've said this somewhere before, but I'll say it again. I think it's less about a recycled storyline and more about a resurfacing of a characteristic that has been in this person all along. It may hibernate for a while, but familiar circumstances might stoke it back to wakefulness. You can choose to say, didn't we do this already? Or you can say, ah, there it is. So this is still how they respond to situations like this. When they feel these pressures, when they feel this way or this abandonment this rejection or whatever they still respond to it like this they still defer to whatever emotion or action in a crisis or um in uncertainty so to me that's kind of how i reconcile what that's part of how i reconcile what is going on with brian right here and also what are we expecting him to do it's not a regression because brian's just out here randomly acting immature what this is what looks like a regression because he's searching for validation and worth in something that has well that he hasn't quite realized yet has no substance and so that's why it it all looks very immature but this at one point did validate him and give him worth and so this is a stupid example but if i think having the most candy bars being the kid with the most candy bars on the playground will validate me well that's what i'll pursue i'll try to stack up candy bars or whatever and that's super childish But to me, if I've given that the power to validate or invalidate me, then that is what I will pursue. And so this is what Brian has known before he had Justin in his life. And so he's going back to that, what validated him before. And maybe another part of him is counteracting the stuff that's telling him that he's unwanted and that he's worthless. And so this may look very childish to us, but... For a person who has counted on that to define them for 30 years, it doesn't seem childish to him. Or he can justify it, (laughs) I think, and allow himself to do it before he gets to a place where he's like, okay, what is going on here? (laughs) Why am I doing this? But we'll see. I still have to flesh out some of my thoughts about 
all of this with Brian right now. So we'll see. Anyway, uh, as of the beginning of this episode, Brian and Brandon are even, but uh, never equal. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Can we just pause for a minute to think about the fact that they literally typed up a list and somebody printed it out. Girl, like... somebody printed it out. Okay, y'all, that's some ultimate petty. Yeah. Okay, like, what are y'all doing? Y'all have, I know. I'm like thinking like, damn, I know Brian works, but what does Brandon do that you have time? Like, Brian is a business owner, okay? Yeah. Like, he is running a company. Yeah. What do you do really, where you have this time to run around? And, and to where it is like that serious. Yeah. To where they like sit down like, okay, who goes on the list? Who doesn't go on? I know. And, you know, and they had to have a whole conversation because they had to be like, no, I already had him. Or no, he, that won't work. Right. Or, yeah. So. <laughs> Ridiculous. I, I'm telling you, like, they got too much free time. Yeah. Um, And also, I must be more shallow than I thought because I'm not that impressed by a lot of the people that are on their list. Girl, I was thinking, <laughs> hell no. I would take Michael over some of those. I was like, yeah, do not kill me. Okay, Michael, kill. Okay. Yeah. But you ain't my time. But uh, yeah, they, they there goes my number seven in a... Ugh, yeah. Wow, baby, talk about <laughs> the throwback. For real. You know what, like, like, what were the qualifications yes. for them? Just like anybody you haven't had? A hole in legs. That was it. You know what I'm saying? You can so. walk. That was it. I think so, yeah. Girl. And maybe a mouth to give consent. Yes. And that's like that it. Was that's it. all that matters. Yeah. yeah, and knowing them, they don't even they just need a look. They don't even need the words. Okay. Yeah. Well, we see Michael helping Justin lug a mattress into his new place that is very questionable. Girl, he back at the shanty. Matter of fact, the shanty may be better. The shanty is a step up. Yeah, yeah. like, baby, we can call Ethan. He's coming do yeah. his little magic on that mug. Because, babe, I, I was Michael. I wouldn't even want to, like, even step foot in yeah, that like, mug. Yeah, and then that mattress was alone. I'm like, no, you keep this Yeah, I don't want that back. Yeah, uh-uh, baby. We have to shake this out before you bring this back. Yeah. You know, he got roaches. <laughs> For real. It kind of reminds me of Justin helping Melanie and Lindsay move a mattress in, like, seasons ago. He helped them with a the mattress, I think. Your real friends help you move. And I would like to take this time to point out that Ken did not lift a single box into <gasps> my place to help me move. <laughs> Y'all, that is so scandalous. Okay. But no, she had hired professionals. So that's all we're going to say. <laughs> but he did help me dispose of empty boxes. So that counts. See, there it is. Yeah. Okay. He did Good help friend. with those. Yeah. Good friend. Anyway, they have dragged this mattress up 18 flights of stairs. Eight, girl, not a walk-up. Yeah, a walk-up. But yep. I'm proud that it's his, though. It is his. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really good for him because he's had so much uncertainty, definitely even with his living situation. Mm-hmm. Like, the only time that he had something that was kind of his when he lived with Brian recently. Yeah. But that was still Brian's law. Mm-hmm. Day, you know, so. You just had a, a couple of drawers, baby. Yeah, you never know when he might no. get a wild hair and be like, mm, yeah. you got to go. And you saw last time when he kicked <laughs> your ass out, he was tossing shit. So, yeah. Baby. Yeah, so the, it's good for him to have this experience, mm-hmm. I think. And like we said, this is only a loner bed because it belongs to Hunter. But Michael doesn't think Justin will need to return it. Um, Michael offers to help with anything else that Justin needs. But Justin tells him that he's already done enough. Michael is sure Brian would agree with him um, because Brian blamed him for infecting Justin. <laughs> I think that was mostly misplaced anger. But we talked about why Brian targeted him in the episode for 507. Now, what do you think Justin was thinking when he overheard Brian and Michael's fight? We didn't really talk too uh, much about that. Yeah, I mean, he was just thinking like, probably what you just said is uh, misplaced anger. Like, you shouldn't be having this conversation with him. You should be directing that towards me because... Clearly, there's some things, you know, clearly you need to get this off your chest and we can have this open conversation. It also probably made Justin feel probably a little good. I mean, he didn't. The words that Brian was saying weren't great or anything, but it was the fact that you took time out of your night to drive all the way over to this neighborhood. They don't live in the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So to drive all the way over here to yell and and to, you know, attack your friend verbally. 
over the choices that I made. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I chose to step out from you. So we can see that you're bothered. We can see that you're hurt. You know, so Justin got to see that Brian actually does care for him. Brian loves him. And he is bothered by this by this move. Yeah. But he just knows that Brian is very strong in his convictions. He's not going to step back. He's not going to give Justin what Justin wants. And he already knows that he can give it to Justin. He just won't give it to Justin. I think Justin kind of felt like, I would say that he felt like, okay, this man does love me. Like, I know for a fact he does love me. Mm-hmm. It just, it, we're, not, we're not right for each other at this time. Yeah, I feel like he definitely, it probably did conjure up some conflicting emotions because I he would definitely have to perceive that, that, oh, Brian is so bothered by this that he came over here. And true, he's directing all this at Michael, but he's here because of me, mm-hmm. really. You know, like you were saying, yeah. And I think the other side of it is Justin never really wanted to come between their friendship. Right. Even back in season one, that he did not want to do that. So I don't think that he liked that fight for either one of them. And I think he knows that that exchange probably hurt both of them. Absolutely. But he knows that where that fight went to, that was not about him. Yeah, and So nah. it wasn't his place to get involved in that. And I'm sure it hurt to... I'm sure he didn't enjoy hearing them say what they said to each other. Right. But... I mean, it, yeah, definitely. It, it wasn't pleasurable, you know. It wasn't no, enjoyable it wasn't, at all. Yeah. Like it was very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I, definitely, you could see how uncomfortable he was just standing there listening. It was one of those things, like, yeah, conflicting emotions. Yeah, but also I think he knew that that because of what got said, I think he knew that fight was a long time coming. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Like it was out of his hands. It had nothing to do with him either way. Right. Uh, Justin says that Michael had nothing to do with it. He said there are things that he has wanted for a long time that he can never have if he stayed with Brian. And I think there is some truth in what he's saying. Like He has wanted certain things out of life and out of relationships for a long time. Now, I think that with Justin being so young, what he wants and needs... It's always changed. He's going to be a moving target. Yeah. But I do think there's something at the core of that that may not change. And what I mean by at the core is... I think there's a part of Justin that wants to build a future with someone. Yes. And he wants to know that he and his partner are investing in a, in a future together. And I, so I think he has a desire for that type of security and certainty and stability. But I also think that right now with so much in flux, he kind of needs the reassurance of that. And so that's why it's like, I need this right now kind of thing. But again, what that has to look like is probably going to be more of a moving target for him. True. And I just want to give big ups to Michael as well, because... Justin and Michael, they haven't had the best relationship mm-hmm. over these past seasons, you know. And we ragged on Michael a lot for the treatment that he gives Justin. Yeah. But the fact that Justin was able to call him up, go yeah. to the house, stay there, you know, witness these friends go through that. Michael still bringing beds over to the house, helping him move in. Out of all the people, you know, on Liberty um, um, Liberty Avenue that um, Justin has encountered, from the Teds, the Emmets, hell, yeah. um, I mean, Debbie, everyone, you know, his mom. Where was um uh, what's our friend um, Daphne? Daphne, you're yeah. like I mean I'm not saying I'm not putting no blame no, on anybody, no, yeah. but I'm saying but Michael was the one that was there, right? That was helping carrying up a mattress on up to twenty damn flights. Yeah, uh, you know, so big ups to him. And then also want to piggyback on what you were just saying there too. Um, yes, it all it is going to be a moving target because he is young, and as you grow older, you change. So then your wants change and your needs change for what you're looking for. You just grow. That's what life is all about. But um, Justin has always, I feel like, has always been searching for. I'm not going to say traditional because I don't think he needs a traditional. He wants sure, though, but he I wants think. yes, yeah. he wants something that's a definite. He needs mm-hmm. to, he needs that reassurance that. I'm yours, you're mine. And if later on the road, if we decide to have a family, we can have that family. You know, he doesn't want that that uncertainty, that back and forth that he and Brian does. Yes, Brian told him to come into the house, bring your stuff. But then I feel like they didn't even talk anymore once that even happened. Once Justin moved in, they never even saw each other anymore. Like, I mean, it kind of just went 
in opposite directions. And he's just looking for the security. I think he wants something similar to what Michael and Ben has, but not so structured because, you know, yeah. Justin is still going to be young and free and do yeah. his Justin. You yeah. Know? And that's why I think like what it looks like is going to, that's mm-hmm. what's going to change. I think the wanting something that is secure, Justin is a person who likes security, even though he is, he is spontaneous in other ways and he's young and free and enjoying his life. But there's a part of him that still likes to have some kind of foundation. Yes. And so I think that is what he wants. Now he is thinking that foundation needs to look something like what Ben and Michael have. But again, I think that's part of the moving target. Yes. Thing. Well, that's what's in front of him at the moment. Right. So that's what he can that's see. What it, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's healthy. It's working for them. So, I mean, he's building that model relationship. He couldn't judge it off of his parents because, I mean, clearly right. before him, even I'm pretty sure they were fighting before he came out, you know, so. Yeah, well, he, he, really, probably, and he probably didn't know. It seems like Jennifer kept all of that stuff. And if they're like right. a waspy family, they mm-hmm. keep all of that. Yeah, real. Secret. Low. You know, it's possible the kids know. But they didn't hear something. Of, yeah, they didn't hear something. But a lot of times, you yeah, know, we don't, don't talk know. about yeah, our problems exactly. and we act like everything is cool. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna, I'm glad you brought the thing up about Michael because I was going to ask you about that. Um, and I was going to ask it from Justin's point of view, and maybe we'll get to that. But right. anyway, kind of going back to the whole moving target thing, like what you were saying, Brian wouldn't commit to offering any of that in the way that Justin wanted it to look at the moment. And I know that we talked about this before, but. Brian's opposition to marriage is that he really thinks it will ruin a relationship because it traps people. It makes them slaves to obligation. That's how he feels about Mm -hmm. it. He's all about choices and being free to stay if you want or leave if you don't want to stay. And he hasn't seen many great examples of marriage and he's a product of a very miserable one. And so he wouldn't want any part of that. Plus, when it comes to same sex marriage, Brian is of the camp that says, I don't want to fit in heteronormative stereotypes Mm -hmm. or I don't want to follow what they say I have to follow. Like my life and relationships don't have to look like theirs to be valid. So, but also it's just some of his, I don't want to do that. (laughs) But my thing is um, just because you're married or you're committed to someone in a serious relationship does not mean if your feelings change, you couldn't just up and leave. It's being an adult or just having um, a conversation, you know, communication period. Married or not, you always still need to communicate with your partner. That's just, yeah. That still should be your best friend, no matter what. And if things change, you should be able to communicate clearly and effectively yeah. to that person exactly what you're feeling. And if you guys decide that you moved in separate directions, you can cut it off. Now, yes, you do got to pay when you're married. <laughs> you do got to pay to go ahead and split them ways. But, you know what I'm saying, I just hate, I mean, Brian just needs to get over himself. And give Justin what he needs. Well, and that's all I'm going to say. I think what Brian would benefit from is accepting that it doesn't have to look like. Yes. You know? yes. And that's a hard thing to do. When that's all you've known, that's all you've seen, it's hard to understand that it can it can look a different way and be and be great. It doesn't have True. to mirror theirs. Because he ain't seen shit. Not even with Debbie. Debbie ain't have no man for 30 <laughs> years. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Lindsay and Mel, they, that's falling apart. And yeah. Ben and Michael, they're so new. But also with that. It made Michael turn into this whole oh, sanctimonious, self-righteous girl. thing. And yeah. so he's like, why would I want any part of what Michael is doing? Mm-mm. Eli and Monty can't even take a joke. Oh, so, hell no. Nah. Yeah. No, don't even bring that anymore. <laughs> We're done with them. Hopefully we don't even see them We're anymore for the rest of but, the season. So I get why, I get what you're saying, but I also get why he's like, I don't see the point of this. But anyway, mm-hmm. so going back to what we were talking about with Michael and Justin, uh, does it seem weird to you for, from Justin's point of view that he is the one reaching out to Michael because of the way Michael has treated him over the seasons, what he said to him? I mean, you would think, but no, it doesn't because they're actually friends. I mean, friends are going to go through bouts. 
you really can't call somebody your friend if you can't have an argument or a fight and, overcome and then it. And overcome it. Okay. That's what sets the foundation for a friendship to go through hell mm -hmm. and then to be able to rebuild and then still have the same love for each other. So, yeah. no, it's not weird to me. And also, they work together. They spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. It seems like he spends more time with Michael these days than he, he even does with Brian. So, no, it doesn't seem abnormal to me. And also, he knows that um he knows how close Brian is. I mean, I can, he can be using it as a ploy. Because Brian and Michael, you know, are close. So maybe Brian has said something to him. Let me get some tea. <laughs> Let me get the juice. I mean, I know that's not what he's doing because yeah, Justin's yeah. not that type of person. He's never that bothered about things like that. I mean, he's the type to me. It's going to work itself out. Either mm -hmm. it's going to work or it's not. I, I can't force it. Yeah, no. So to answer your question, I don't think it's weird at all. They have we have years of friendship that, you know, that's there now. Yeah, I agree with you. I think friendships and family are tricky things that you go through phases and seasons. But then there are some of those relationships that can outlast and withstand a whole lot. And I think Justin's very much aware of how Michael can be. But at the end of the day, like you were saying, Michael is there for him right now when he needs someone. Yeah. So that counts. And also, I think from a writing standpoint, I can see why they are going this route because there's always been something like a triangle between Michael, Brian, Brian and Justin. And Justin mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And normally it's um, Michael against Brian and Justin. <laughs> right. But this time it's the triangles the other way. Yeah. I'm yeah. Sure. You're right. Yeah. Well, Emmett is home where he lives with Debbie and Carl and he is dealing with a prank caller. And this isn't their first call. Debbie is worried that he may be dealing with a stalker situation because he is a bit of a celebrity now. Come through, Emmett, yeah. with that little celebrity status, baby. Yeah. Carl says, in his professional opinion, that if it is a stalker, they are probably harmless since they're afraid to even talk to Emmett on the phone. Well, Debbie does not agree with that, and it will cost <laughs> Carl his sandwich. And he had it all seasoned up and everything, okay? <laughs> yeah. She put extra roast beef on it. Extra tomato, yeah. Yes. Uh, Debbie's advice is for him to get some pepper spray in a karate class. Debbie's savage. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. she is. <laughs> yeah. Well, we see Melanie and Lindsay, and they are still, they are trying an in-house separation thing. And it almost looks like the old them. When I was he, like, damn, are they back together? Yeah, because she like bent down next to her. She was all up next the to her face. face. I yeah. was like, okay. <laughs> like when she spent that one day, all it took was the mama. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For for Mel to get over there and start eating again. I was like, okay, girl, you were starving like Marvin. But, uh, but we're doing the in-house separation. Yeah. I know that is a thing. And I know it's becoming even more of a thing because of the price of housing these days. Do you think that you could do an in-house separation? Girl, I know how I'm a I'm a true cancer. You cannot. I could I can, never. I can answer that for you. Okay. <laughs> I could never. I, I don't have any chill. Mm -mm. I wish Brad would. Okay. Like <laughs> you're gonna take the top half, I'm gonna take the bottom half. Say what? <laughs> no. Or well, you here, would be so yes, petty about it. For real. You'd be like, if I got the bottom half, you have to use a ladder outside that to get part, up to your like, floor. Yeah, and I got the refrigerator. Okay. <laughs> like, let me know. You can come you can put in, send a bucket down with the coins. <laughs> Okay, and then I'll send you whatever you need up. Yeah. Okay, but nah, you don't come into my dwelling. Yeah, okay? I know. I think it would depend on the circumstances of the separation for for me. But uh, if it was like a mutual thing, maybe. But it would definitely depend. Not the way they happened. No, no, not the way, not, they, not the way they happened. Absolutely no way. not. Yeah. <laughs> well, Melanie is there doing some work on their anti Prop fourteen thing. And Lindsay is looking at it and she says it's hard to believe that there are that many people who are willing to donate millions of dollars just to keep us from having the same rights as they do. Man, even in 2022, the relevance. of Yeah, that. I know. Like, it's like, when is it ever going to change? Like, it's not right. like we're asking, like, you know, we're asking for more yeah, than yes. what you have. Just exactly. Equal. equal. Yeah. OK, just the same basic rights 
that all humans deserve, mm-hmm. period, mm-hmm. you know? And the fact that, you know, I never even thought about the millionaires and billionaires doing these campaigns, you know, to yeah. stop all this. I never thought about it. I was just thinking, oh, just the government. But duh, the government got to have funding. Yeah. That's insane by, to me. By yeah. these lobbyists who have their own interests that they want to push. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it makes no sense. It's mind-blowing. When Michael shows up for his little honey bun, the three of them have figured themselves out. It just took some cuss words, some insults, a vicious lawyer. <laughs> Lindsay got them together real quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Michael is like us. He thinks that Melanie and Lindsay are back to normal. But then Lindsay explains their arrangement. And she also mentions that they have a therapist, which I think is a very good look for them. Yeah, especially yeah. with them, with, with the kids. Yeah. And it seems all good on the outside. But, you know, those feelings are still festering on the yeah. inside. So I think you definitely need some type of um, professional help to help you work through all those dramas just so you can have a healthy um, life for your children. Yeah. And especially if y'all going to be living together. Right. Like, I mean, you can't be married. For, I guess they were married for two, three years. And then then together, all those years before, mm-hmm. without still having some type of feelings or thinking you're going to have some type of say over what I'm going to be doing moving forward. Right. You know, so now we need to go ahead and clear this air. Let's do all this inside, this personal work, this self-work that we need, the shadow work that everybody's saying. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and get that done and taken care of. And then let's just be a happy co-parenting family. Yeah, you know? I think so, because I think that's what they said in the last episode. Like We need to try to do better for our children. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they prioritize. Like we need to be able to live together or at least be around each other for our children. And uh-huh. so I'm very proud of them for enlisting some outside help Absolutely. to get to that point. Well, Brian and Ted are at Kinetic, and Ted is trying to make lunch plans or after-work drink plans. Girl, it's Ted for me. Yeah. Okay, he is looking good in this little maroon. <laughs> is what is that good. called? Is that maroon? What, what, what's it the real like word? A, I, it looks like a deep maroon. Yes. I don't know, yeah. It's looking, and then the body looking fit. Like, I know yes, this man. I like the hair. Yes. We had to get rid of the blonde, baby. Thank God, the blonde was a mess. Okay, <laughs> yeah. just washed him out. Maybe yeah. just look, uh-uh. <laughs> I felt like he was on Tweaker Ted again. Like, no, don't do that. Yeah. But I'm feeling this Ted, okay? Yeah. Like, this way more refined, this more confident ted i loved it brian does not trust this from ted he wants to know how much a ray of a raise ted is after but that's not ted's motivation he just thought that since brian lost the love of his life and his best friend his soulmate and the yin to his yang he might want someone to share his pain with and i love theodore and i don't think people give him enough credit for his growth he would have rubbed all of this in brian's face before but now he's genuinely trying to be a good friend to him mm-hmm. And he's not wallowing in his own pity and he's not trying to like swap sad stories with Brian. He really just wants to be there for him. And make sure he's okay. Yeah, and he's been doing that since season four. Yeah, he has. I, again, I know I said this before, but I just love how this friendship has grown. Because, yes, I, mean, I love it so much. Yeah, we've always seen Brian kind of like take Theodore under his, under his wing a little bit. I mean, he's not going to give him all the Brian tricks. But we saw a couple episodes where, you know, he got to be Brian for a day. And mm-hmm. then Brian saving him, you know, always giving him the push. Brian is always pushing to be better. Um, and now the fact that when Brian first told um, Ted that about the cancer and stuff, Ted was been there since since that day. Like, yeah. I mean, really stepped up to the plate. And the fact that he's, he's here now, he can see the cues. Like, I know that you're going to be Brian. I know that you're not mm-hmm. going to show any emotion. But, hey, we're all human. That's a real homeboy. Yeah. That's a real true friend. And like you said, he wasn't doing it for a little pat on the back. He was right. doing it because he truly enjoys um, Brian and truly cares and was worried about him. He knows how much Brian loves Justin. Everybody knew how much right. Brian loves Justin. It just didn't work out. And then no one, no one would have ever um, suspected or expected Brian and Michael to be at wit's end. Yeah. yeah. At wit's ends with each other. Yeah. So 
I mean, it was just, it was, it's crazy. So I appreciate Ted in this moment because Brian really doesn't have any true loyal friends other outside of his group. So he would have no one to talk to, right. no one to turn to, no nothing. I just feel like he would turn to the drugs and we know we don't like those oh, coping no, mechanisms. Oh, no, we don't like them coping mechanisms. No, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Ted tells him that he's not the pathetic putz, lowly accountant whose sole purpose in life is to crunch numbers that he once was. He has been to Hades and back. Yes. He's lost everything and everyone just like Brian has. Did. And he knows that Brian is just concealing all that hurt and possibly something like regret also, mm-hmm. uh, at least where it relates to Justin. Um, he's not going to let Brian just get away with pretending that everything is fine. He's challenging him to be more than what he pretends to be. And I'm glad that without Justin in the picture, someone is still doing that. Yes. So absolutely. pushing him to be more. Brian thanks Theodore, but he says that the only pain he is suffering from is from his new Gucci uh, loafers. <laughs> but Ted will not be fooled or stopped. He tells Brian, just let it all hang out. Go ahead and just say it. Let it all hang out. Brian says that his mother is a frigid B word and amen to that. Yes, she is. And his father was an abusive drunk. They had a hateful marriage, which is probably why he is unwilling or unable to form a long term committed relationship of his own. The fact that he drinks like a fish, abuses drugs, and has more or less redefined promiscuity doesn't help much. As a result, he has lost the two people in his life that mean the most to him. So Brian is very self-aware of his issues and shortcomings. Yep. And he may not fully understand them, and he may have no intention of doing anything about them, either because he doesn't want to or because he's really not sure if anything can change it. But he is very self-aware. Yeah, he, he yeah. knows. Yeah, his formative years were very volatile and inconsistent, and he was often emotionally neglected, physically abused, and verbally ridiculed by people who were supposed very to love, love him. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it makes sense that he would be averse to and a little afraid of commitment because of that. Like he had no consistency with these people who were supposed to care for yeah. him. So yeah. And that's his um defense mechanism. Yeah. He had to build up this wall to keep people out so he could protect himself from being hurt. Mm-hmm. And like you already mentioned, I mean, it was the verbal abuse, it was the actual physical abuse, yeah. you know, and the neglect. He had to put the, put these walls up to protect young Brian. Yeah. Brian needs to do some shadow work. He I mean, does. for real. He because, needs a therapist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The baby's actually in pain and he yeah. just don't even know. Exactly. And when you're so used to having that wall built up and you have this person who you want to take that wall down for or you're willing to knock down most of it, it's still scary because, like, I might still need this. This is the only thing that has shielded and protected me all this time for 30 years. It's right. all that I've had. It's all I could count on. And so, yeah, maybe I should, but what happens when I, when I let this down and that True. person hurts me the same way? Well, let me ask this question to you. Let's step into Brian's shoes. How do you think he feels about Justin actually leaving? With Justin knowing everything that we just talked about mm-hmm. now, Justin knows those, probably yeah. deeper than all of us. Right. Okay, how do you think Brian feels that Justin would try to make him have an ultimatum? Well, you know, we, we talked about it's not an ultimatum, but how he would feel about just being like, all right, you can't give me what I want, so I'm going to yeah. leave. Okay, I'm working on a theory. I've got to keep thinking about this, but it's not going to go into the theory here, but I'll just highlight it. I don't think he holds it against Justin. He's not like, you know my, you know my issues, you know my shortcomings. You should just stay and put up with it. He's like, okay, fine. You chose something different or better. Okay, cool. What about Brian had the wall all the way up? Mm-hmm. Great Wall of China. Right. And then he, brick by brick, it started coming down. Mm-hmm. I mean, the tower is just falling. Okay. Yeah. It didn't go all the way to the ground. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now they can see each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't you think that would make him feel a little certain type of way? I feel like, although yeah. Brian is not going to force you to stay. Right. He's not going to force you to stay. He definitely, because, you know, Brian is all about the choice. Mm-hmm. So he wants you to do what's best for you. But wouldn't I, me, I mean, I can't speak for Brian, but I can speak for me. I would feel a certain type of way knowing that I already had these reservations. Right. And then I let you in. 
And then, you know, I'm starting breaking down all these walls that I put up to protect myself. I broke all my rules yeah, for you. Yeah, all my rules for you. Yeah. And then you still resort back to the things that you know that I'm not ready yet for. Mm -hmm. I mean, if, I mean, maybe if we had five more seasons, yeah, we would be able to see Brian let all the walls down and he could be ready for a relationship. But in this moment, he wasn't. I think all this time that was invested in all this love, it's just gone to waste. Yeah, it, I definitely think that he is hurt by it. And I think he's probably angry by it over it, too. But he doesn't take that anger out on Justin. I think that's why we saw him take that out on Michael. Right. But I also feel like he's that when you're that person who you don't feel like you deserve any of the good that you received anyway, outside of what you get at work because you had to, like, perform to get it. Right. I think when it's like that, you kind of measure things differently and you process things differently. I can't quite figure out how to say what I'm trying to say. Some people, they know if I do this, if I do this hard work, then I get this reward. But things are just given to them. They don't really know how to handle that, right. how to process that. And so Justin's love was just given to him freely. And so I think when it's taken back, there's not a part of him that registers. I should be upset at him for taking mm -hmm, that back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. But yeah, because Justin wanted him from the moment he saw him. Yeah. And Justin did all the work to capture him, which he did. Like, yeah, yeah. Captured his ass. But I totally agree. If I'm Brian and I process things the way I process things, I'm going to be like, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> when, even if I can't give you 100, I've given you 80. Yes. When I've given everybody else negative 10. Yes, negative 10. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, mm. But he's not the kind of person who does that, yeah. which I think shows a lot about his character and his heart, mm -hmm. that he's not the kind of person who's going to hold that against him. True. Well, after owning up to all of that and sharing that with Ted, um, Ted asks if Brian feels better. And he says, no, but I'm sure you do. I think he's so used to people using his vulnerability, which he would say is a weakness against him, mm -hmm. that he is skeptical of Ted. Right. Even though he took a chance. And I think that that counts that he took a chance mm -hmm. and told Ted. Right. Because he's never said that to anybody. Ever. So even though we all know it, he's never just like said, these are my issues. This is why I'm like this. <laughs> yeah. Before they can continue this conversation, Brian's number nine shows up at his office for lunch. <laughs> uh, so I was talking to, okay, I'm so sorry if I say this wrong. I think it's Janelle, Janelle maybe? She's one of our patrons about this. And please um, message me with the correct pronunciation of your name. I hate to butcher people's names. We weren't talking about this specifically, but something else that kind of ties into this. And I think that Brian really isn't sure if the right answer is can't or won't sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. And even though I think he is self-aware in a lot of ways, he's not an expert on himself. And what we've seen is that Brian almost never lies unless he's lying to himself. And so my message to her was basically said that Brian only knows how to protect himself. Like when we met him in season one, he pretty much only operated in survival mode with those walls of, like you were saying, self-preservation. And everything that he did or said was about preempting rejection like no i'm gonna push you away before you can leave me right. and abandon me mm -hmm. and since he's not really sure how he can be helped or how he can break his own cycles he doesn't try to hold justin to him right he also didn't want to budge or compromise because he's not sure if he wants to or if he even can right so about his lunch appointment showing up, that office is pretty like see through. Baby, I was thinking, yeah. what? He must have another little corner around. Where are they the gonna way. have this lunch at? I don't <laughs> know. Well, I guess he's gonna sit at his desk, you know. I guess so. But then that wouldn't count. So yeah, then that wouldn't count. Couldn't, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I, don't I don't know. know. Maybe the conference room area. It must have a corner. Yeah. yeah. He can close off that wall. That like little sliding wall thing right, right there. Maybe that's where it's going down. Maybe, you know, Norm Brown, he like a show. Yeah, he probably mm -hmm. just tell people, look, yes. you walk by at your own risk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. Or, you know, he's so fancy and high tech with his Gucci um, um, loafers. loafers. Yeah. Maybe he has a little button and then the window's tent and you yeah, can't see something. Yeah, who knows? Something. 
he's got some kind of plan. Yes. Because <laughs> he didn't seem worried. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Justin, Melanie, and a bunch of volunteers at the GLC making calls and drumming up some opposition for Prop 14, or trying to at least. Um, and it's not just about gay people. It's about every American having these same rights. Ben is also there, and he has a list of businesses who are supporting Prop 14. Melanie and Justin just want to boycott the whole list. <laughs> and there are a lot of big corporations on that list. And also on it is Justin's dad. Why is Craig Taylor still a thing? Why? <laughs> Why? Didn't we kill him off? Oh, I did. Girl. In season one. Girl, and he's coming back from the grave, okay? For like the fifth time. Yeah, I'm I tired so of him. I'm so sick of him, yeah. Well, Emmett is walking home from the store, and it is late. He is clearly on edge, and um, because every little sound scares him. But he tries to give himself a little talk, which leads to him talking about why he is so stalkable. I was like, Emmett, you with your conceited ass, <laughs> yeah. okay? And then all of a sudden, he is grabbed by someone and shoved against the vehicle. And I scream. Okay, let me just tell y'all, Ken jumped all over my furniture. Yes. He disrespected my couch. I did. He shouted F-words. Did. And it was everything I thought it was going to yes. be. Yes, okay. And you almost got <laughs> choked because you knew, you know how much I love Drew. Yeah. Okay. I screamed, okay? Like, I was just sitting normal. I had to jump up, put my hands on my head like a little schoolgirl <laughs> underneath the chin. I, I had googly eyes to the TV. Like, I mean, that yeah. just killed my heart. I literally damn near cried. Like, i not even playing. Like, my eyes yeah. were, like, welled up with tears. Like, I'm... Oh, continue, boo. Yeah, oh, so, my yeah, God. it is Drew Boyd. It turns out that he is the breather, the caller with the sinus problem. <laughs> so then they're sitting in, in uh, Drew's vehicle, and Drew tells Emmett that every time he would get the nerve to call him, he would hang up afraid that someone may be tapping the line. Uh, and he hasn't been so good, hasn't been doing good at all, even though he played in and won the championship. He also went through with the wedding, but now he and Sierra are getting a divorce, and that's why he's been trying to call Emmett. He's been needing someone to talk to, someone he can really talk to, because he doesn't have anybody else in his life who really knows all these parts of him. See, girl, that's why you could have saved all them thousands or millions of dollars that you spent on that wedding. You could have wiped him up a long time ago <laughs> when he told your ass to go ahead and, you know what I'm saying, make it official, you know. Yeah. Sierra wasn't going to be for you. You need more of a car, baby. You know the Sierra, okay? Yeah. Uh, so the issue was there was a guy, a fan, and he, yeah, and he blackmailed <laughs> Drew with photos from a hidden camera, and he wanted a hundred thousand, which Drew paid. But then the guy came back for more, and when Drew told Sierra that uh, she left, what did he expect? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you tell your new wife, you know what I'm saying, like. Um, yeah. I had an affair. Well, maybe he was just gonna be like, "Oh, it was just a one-time thing. I was gotten the butt." I don't think yeah. any wife and, wants to hear their right. man and is you cheating. Know, in situations like that, rumors are there are rumors yeah, around. True. And so I'm sure she probably heard some. She's probably heard. But something. he could be like, "I'm an athlete. I'm an easy target. So it's right. easy to deflect that." But the fact that it's coming out of your own mouth that you have cheated on me, and not only did you cheat, you cheated with a man, and not only did you cheat with a man, this motherfucker is now blackmailing you, right. and you already gave her. Grand without my consent because I didn't. I didn't. Because <laughs> we didn't combine yeah, this point. We didn't, yeah, exactly. And then now you coming back to tell me that he asking for more. You know what? I'm gonna do you one better. He said two hundred thousand. I'm gonna take half. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so Sierra gone. Sierra is out of there. Yeah. But let me uh -huh. just say this before I let you go. Uh -huh. The fact that Drew want to pull up now though. Because you're going through all this heartache and pain, you know what I'm yeah. saying? It did make me, like, I was happy to see him, but then I was like, Drew, I got mad. Yeah. Because Emmett is more than that. Right. Don't come and use my baby again, because you played with his heart the first time, and then you treated him like he was trash, okay? Yeah. I then, cried yeah. when, you, when you treated that man like that and left him in a damn hotel room. Like, I felt like that was real, yeah. okay? 
now you back and you needing him? You you need him yeah. to help you go through your hard times? The, the petty in me, the petty yeah. in me wanted to say, Emma, get the fuck up out that car. But then the lover in me was like, Emma, just stay the fuck in that car. You like, are. You, stay, yeah. don't get out of that car, Emma. tell the truth to the people. Yes. You were like, Emma, don't leave. Yes, don't leave. <laughs> but I agree with you because it's like, if that wouldn't have happened, would you be calling me? Would you be right. back here trying to talk to me? Would you need the only person who understands you? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. So because you've been feelings, gone for a minute. Mixed feelings about about Drew, but um. Anyway, he wants advice from someone he can trust. Emmett already told him what what he needs to do. <laughs> he needs, yeah, come out. But Drew says that he's not gay, and Emmett doesn't believe that because when Drew would kiss him or hug him, and mm. when they fell asleep together. Mm-hmm. Okay, stop. Oh uh, yeah, just go ahead. <laughs> it was more than just hooking up, and he knows that Drew knows that too. If Drew can't be honest with Emmett, that's fine, but he should at least be honest with himself. True. And then Emmett leaves him to think on that. He said marinate on that, but it's the truth. The only way you're going to fix this is to be true to yourself, yeah. you know, admitting it out loud and to yourself. But I see where Drew is coming from. I mean, everything is out on the line. Yeah. If we have these big corporations right now campaigning against gay rights and just, just for equal rights, right. can you imagine someone of his stature coming out? Like, I mean... I was terrified in high school and these people are nobodies. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are nobodies. This man is looked up, like, people look up to Drew. I can't imagine how scary. He's a whole franchise, basically. I can't even, I mean, like, that's his whole career gone. Mm -hmm. Okay? Whole career done. All his livelihood, his money, like, he won't have any endorsements. Like, it's it's over. Yeah. And that's what he's devoted his life to is... I love football. Everything's been about that's all he knows. being the best at football. Yeah, yeah, even for athletes who just when athletes retire, even without this situation going on, when athletes retire, a lot of them go through a, a depression because yeah. they're like, "That's all I've known." Mm-hmm. That's you know what um what am I without that? And then you add in this whole fact where he would lose it because of the fact that he likes men. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a complicated situation. And then have the whole world commenting or uh, commentating on. On your life. Right. And speculating on, on your life. And you know? so you wouldn't even get to explore this part of yourself yeah. in private because it would be... Yeah, it's for the world to see. Yeah. And I mean, everybody's coming out journey is their own. And everybody's got their, their reasons why they they do or don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I totally get what his are. I totally, totally yeah. understand that. Yeah. Uh, still not okay with him using our Emmett, but we, yes. get, we, get, no. we get the issue Mm-mm. there. Yeah. Well, back at the GLC, Melanie is talking to another volunteer... And she invites Melanie to dinner, that kind of dinner. Melanie says that she's been kind of busy lately with the campaign stuff, the new baby and going back to work. But this persuasive lady tells her, well, a girl's got to eat. Her name is Corinne. They don't say that until much later in the episode, which is weird. But (laughs) yeah. Anyway, uh, Melanie hasn't been pursued in a while. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure she's like. Feeling some ways about all this. Yeah. I mean, you know, she got... You were like, too soon, girl. Too soon. Uh-uh. <laughs> too soon. It is. Still too soon. Still too soon. I know that your wife cheated on you, baby, but that don't mean you got to go out there and lay up. Too soon. Okay? <laughs> too soon. Michael is home looking for Ben, and Ben is in Hunter's room smoking a cigarette or something. Have we ever seen Ben smoke? He is not doing well. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. He's, just, he's looking rough. Uh, and he is also not happy about that missing bed. He can't believe that Michael gave it away because that's like Michael giving up on, yeah. on Hunter. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, unlike you, I still have a little faith. And Michael says, well, faith, denial, everyone has to make their own choices. 
Michael's choices to let him go and to get on with his life. And that seems Okay, I don't like the way sudden. he worded that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I understand. Like, I would have been like... Yeah, because there are different approaches yes. to this kind of situation. You could have worded it like... He wanted space to find himself, so I'm gonna I'm gonna grant him that, you yeah. know, like I, I'm trusting our son yeah. with that. But move on with my life, <laughs> baby. That sounds heartless. Did you even love Hunter anyway? I know it did like, sound very heartless. Yeah, yeah. If, and and if you lucky, bend and attack. Cause yeah, them be fight words. Okay. Yeah, and we know Bing is very volatile. Yeah, so I'm like, baby, because Ben will shred your ass like he did last time. <laughs> yeah. You don't want them problems. Brian and Brandon are comparing their progress at Woody's. Brian is in the lead. He only has one to go. It's Alex Easley he has left. But it won't be as easy as Brian thinks. Alex is leaving on a flight to Puerto Vallarta tomorrow for a two-week stay. Mm. So, yeah, got a little little conundrum there. Well, over at Taylor Electronics, Justin is talking to Craig. And Justin is saying that if Prop 14 passes, it will take away his right as well as the rights of every other gay person in America. Craig believes that is the point. Like, this is why I hate you, Craig. At least he's not even going to pretend that he has a heart. I mean, yeah. he's going to be awful from the jump. So. I mean, that's what I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to respect him on that, okay? Because <laughs> I'd rather you be 100 with me For real, than smiling be a 100% and fake. Yeah, yeah, behind my just, back and shit. Yeah, let me so, know where we stand. Yeah, so yeah. Justin knows exactly where he stands because sometimes I think Justin wants to give he still wants to give Craig that, you know, that benefit of that doubt yeah. and have that that thought like maybe one of these days, you know, right. like he's he's going to see the good work that I'm doing. Like I was in Hollywood doing this and that. I'm doing something with my life on my own. He's going to respect me. It's never going to fucking happen, Justin. Yeah. It's, just, it's not. Fuck Craig. I'm sorry. y'all. <laughs> Fuck Craig. Yeah. Uh, Craig does not care that Justin would never be able to marry, uh, adopt a child or receive domestic partnership insurance if this passes. And Craig says it's not just him. The vast majority of Americans agree that Justin and the others like him are a disgrace, an abomination in the Lord's eyes because of his choice. My thing is, we already know you're a dog-ass man. Yeah. Okay? Do not quote the Bible. Okay? Right. I hate, that's one thing I can't stand yes. is quoting the Bible against me about being gay. Mm -hmm. When I know you are not perfect. You are not Jesus. You are not walking that life. I guarantee <laughs> you, you was in some of that old pink stuff. Before you said I do, okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure that you have stolen something, okay? I'm pretty sure that you have definitely sinned or you have a tattoo or something because your body is your temple. Do not quote shit like that to me at yeah. all, period. You know, and I, oh, I just wanted Justin to shred him in that moment. Yeah, I know it. Uh, Justin does tell him that it is not a choice. And Craig says, well, he shouldn't, he shouldn't expect a, to be rewarded. And Justin says, we're not expecting a reward. We're asking for what is rightfully ours. That's my thing. It's like, I'm not asking for the moon here. I think we're very basic human rights here. Basic. That's all. Well, Craig says, what, the right to pervert the sanctity of marriage to make a mockery of family values? Craig, your marriage was a poop show. Thank you. <laughs> what, what, do you what do you mean? Like, yeah, girl. somebody give Jennifer a microphone so she can talk about all the ways that you yes. perverted your marriage. I you am know? ready. Yeah, but Justin has this under control. He calls Craig out for cheating on, on Jennifer. Yes. It's really the hypocrisy that gets to mm -hmm. me. It's one thing if, like, if you just kind of like don't like what somebody else is doing, but for you to be, it's okay for me to do that mm -hmm. and me to trample all over marriage and family values and all because this I'm stuff straight. because I'm straight. Yeah. But you as a gay person, how dare you? Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trash. Before Justin leaves, Craig wants to set the record straight. He says that he's not the one who broke up their family in his marriage. Uh, Justin did that. He said their family was doing pretty good before <laughs> Justin decided to announce that he was gay. Uh, no, sir. No. That's how you know he's trash right there. What father would even blame right. the child? Yeah. What father would blame the child 
for, you know, his marriage failing. Yeah, like, he is awful. I mean, <laughs> he has called Justin an abomination. He has sided with the majority of the country against his own son. He is accusing him of ruining not only his own life, but the life of his family. And he tried to kill Brian. Yeah. And didn't get locked the fuck for up. For real. Okay? Can we talk That's about that? That's attempted murder, huh? <laughs> You should be a felon right now. And we and Brian should be owning Taylor Electronics. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Justin should be owning it because Brian should have given it back to him. Yeah. Well, I just want to say I am so sorry to every gay, trans, bi, or otherwise queer person out there who has to tolerate this kind of junk from their families, from their parents, from the people who should love them no matter what. I am so sorry. I'm going to share a story. I had this, I'm not going to say any names. But I was talking to one of my um, friends. Like, we're not super close, but we're getting to know each other. And uh, I asked him about his coming out story. This dude, mom, went crazy. Like, I mean, went crazy on him. Beat the hell out of him, for one. Okay? I kind of experienced that, too, with my mom. I mean, it was just... I I, I understand, but I don't understand. Like, I, I do, but I don't. But she went crazy. Beat the hell out of him. Girl, she took it as far as to going to the um to the kitchen and getting the scissors. Oh she gosh. literally ripped his pants off wow. and had it in the scissors. The little brother came and saved the day and was like, Mom, what are you doing? Da, da, da. Yeah. He was able to gather his things and run out and he ran away for years. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, they, they're better, much better in relationship. But I mean, it gets crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and, these, and this is teenagers. I was a teen when I first came out. Then clearly I had to go back in the closet and come back out mm-hmm. when I was 20. Mm-hmm. He he did at 15 years old and stayed out, but he was on the street. He was all alone. I mean, he was like a hunter. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he had to fend for himself. He had no one to call, no nothing. Like, nothing at all. So, I mean, it's sad that these parents would treat their own flesh and blood. And then you have people out here like Ben who can see a hunter. Yeah. And see, like, so much greatness in this kid, you know, and would do anything and sacrifice anything to get him to come in. Ben begged Hunter for weeks yeah. to get off the street, to come over here. You got a place to stay. Here's a key. Like, just trusting. Take a coat. Yeah, take, yeah. take a coat. <laughs> Whatever, you know, yeah. here's some money. Not even kin to him at all. Yeah. And then you have blood who actually treats you like you're just trash on the street. Right. Just sad. Yeah. So sad. Well, whatever Ken and I can do, I mean, even if it's just, if you need to send an email because you need to vent something, yeah. you need to send a message, whatever, like we are here and we are, we are a safe space for anybody who needs it. Absolutely. I mean, anything that we have the power and the ability to offer, we are happy to offer it because we know that the world is trash and people can be trash too, but there are some good people in the world. It we is. want, we want to be two more of yeah, them. Yeah. We want to add to the good for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ted and Emmett are out strolling. Ted is tempted by a hot dog cart, but after all his nipping and tucking, uh, (laughs) Emmett tells him to follow the doctor's orders. Ted is happy to have Emmett as his pillar of strength, but Emmett's not feeling so strong, Mm -mm. uh, not after sitting next to Drew and wanting him and wanting to help him. Me too. You know, if I was on your shoulder like a little angel, baby, you would have had him in that Hummer that night. Okay. Well, Emmett feels like it's a simple solution to put a, a stop to this whole thing. Drew just needs to come out. But Ted doesn't think it's that easy, which is hard for Emmett to understand because he and everyone around him knew that he was gay from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted tells Emmett that he was lucky that it was so obvious that he was gay, which Emmett has always felt like the opposite was true, that he didn't have a choice to be able to to hide it. But Ted says, you never had to go through trying to hide it or the fear of being found out. And he tells him a story back in college. Uh, Ted was in a fraternity. And he would go out drinking and trolling for women with a frat brother uh, named Jack. And one night, Ted came back very drunk and confessed to having a crush on this guy. And he punched him and told everyone in the frat house. 
Why did I think that story was going to go a different way? You did think it was going to go a different way. I thought it was going to be real juicy. I literally thought that story. Yeah, because you always lean in when when some juice or some tea is coming. You lean in. Girl, I thought it was going to give me one of those good old frat fantasies that I always had, you know. But uh, I got a book you can read over here that's got your good frat fantasy. Oh, yeah. For sure, girl. You know me. But anyway, uh, so that's not how, how it played out. He says that it was hard for him to come out as a regular person. So he's sure that it's even harder for someone like Drew, which is what we were saying earlier. True. And but Ted is right. If you're all if you're known gay from the start, you may go through a little bit of teasing. You yeah, may you're gonna yeah, be bullied because yeah, everybody knows. Exactly. You're gonna go through that. And you still get to be you because I mean everybody already knows, so you're gonna continue to be you. And then the people that's that come to you, you know that they actually really love you or really like you, and you know, they're they're actually wanting to make some type of friendship or some type of relationship, a bond with you. When you're in the closet and you come out, do you know how many friends I lost? We yeah. grew up with these people our entire lives. It was, it was insane. It was like nothing about me changed. You just right. know who I'm laying with now, which is none of your damn business. Right. It you ain't know? you, so it doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's extremely difficult and it's scary. And then you don't want to be put into, yeah, I'm gay, but I ain't that type of gay. Right. You know, yeah, I'm gay, but I don't do this and that, you know. Right. When, why are you still trying to conform? It's almost like a Brian say, like, I don't want to be like you guys. You shouldn't have to try to, like, try to fit in. I used to do that. Oh, yeah, he acting too gay. No, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go back and just slap the hell out of myself <laughs> for, like, wake up. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, this is who you are. Own it. Love yourself, you know, and be the best gay that you can be. Yeah. Okay? The best homosexual that you can be. Exactly. And if I could, I would, because that's silly. It's yeah. really silly. I know. But, I mean, of course, at the time, you were doing what you could, felt like you had to do to protect it yourself. It was my defense. And to shield yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I totally get it. But what I love, and I'm hoping that we get to see more of this as we move over to a pink plate special and we get to watch some like newer and younger yes. shows and stuff where these days it is nothing for teenagers to be like bi, pan, yeah. trans. Like, I mean, and not, to, open say, not to make light of people's experiences because I know not everybody has an easy time with that. I want to make that clear. But just the fact that they can express something yes. different 50 years ago. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I mean, you probably, you <laughs> you know? probably would have been beaten, damn near yeah, killed. You yeah. Know? And so just the fact that people are getting to grow up in a time where that's a thing. You can actually go to prom with, right. your, um, with your boyfriend right. or girlfriend. And even if the laws won't protect you, you put that mess on Twitter and they will protect you. Yes, or for real. It's, yeah. it's, it's a wrap, you know? Yeah. So I am so grateful for a lot of the progress that we are getting to see that is allowing people to be themselves a lot earlier in life. Mm-hmm. And there are people in campaigns and lobbyists and proposed laws that are trying to take that away. And... Yes. Yeah, so be a good member of the community, be a good ally and fight against those things. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Do your part. Do your part. Be and vote whenever there's anything out there for you guys to vote for. Make yes. sure you stay on top of your that. Your federal because, stuff, your local stuff, yes, your statewide stuff. Yeah. For sure. Stay on top of it because that's that's the voice that we're always looking for. Yeah. I know you may think, oh, my one little vote won't count. It could be that one little vote that got us not what yeah. we need it to be. Mm-hmm. Okay? So yeah, use your voice. It all it all it all matters. Yeah. Man, we got a lot of we got we, <laughs> yes. we got all the PSAs. Oh yeah, we sure do. I'm telling you. Yeah. All right. Back to the regu- regular yes. scheduled programming. Okay. <laughs> well, Alex is wheels up headed to Puerto Vallarta and also along for the flight is Brian Kenny. And this is how we know that Brian has nothing else to do with himself nothing or his life right now or else. so he thinks because he booked a whole first class flight just to win this bet. And he probably could have negotiated some kind of like pause or something. Cause like, okay, he's gone. So if he's not here, 
of course we can't get to right. them. So they probably couldn't negotiate mm-hmm. something. But he ain't got nothing better to do <laughs> but go get this on this flight. This man <laughs> dropped some bread. Yeah. Just to join the Mile High Club. A last again. minute first class okay? ticket. Yes. That's Girl, gonna cost you. Big ups to you, Brian. Okay, that's some determination right yeah. there. I don't have it in me, but I, I know you do. I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah. I said this motherfucker doing the most. Yeah. You are doing too much. Okay, like too merch. Yeah. Well, after some mile high in flight service, Brian wins. He wins at least twice. Yeah, at least twice. Yeah. <laughs> With time to spare because of the time change. Yeah. Well, Debbie is over at Michael's and she is helping line his shelves and drawers with some uh, pink paper. Michael knew better. He sent her after normal paper and he wants that surprise and shock. Girl, he must have got his audience, okay? Yeah. Well, they find Hunter's secret stash of Captain Crunch. Debbie wants to know if they've heard from him lately and they have not. Not a word. Michael can't believe that he would be so ungrateful after all they did for him. How could he just walk away like that? And Michael tells her that it's really done a number on Ben. Debbie wants to know if they are still having sex. A very Debbie question. But also one of the ways that some people measure the state or health of a relationship. It's not a universal method. But for Debbie, I guess it is. I don't know. Well, it's just a, it's a stress relief. I mean, it's something you can take your frustration well, out. It's like, are you still able yes. to connect with each exactly. other? I think it's what really yeah. is. Like, are you still able to connect with each other? True. I mean, if you can't connect sexually and then you're already saying you're fighting, you know, like, Ooh, maybe yeah. you're on the rocks. I mean, yeah. You gotta have something that's gonna hold you together. Yeah, she tells Michael that this is a lesson that everyone with children has to learn. After a point, you have no control over your kids. All you can do is hope that you've instilled enough strength and common sense for him to survive and that he knows that you're still here in case someday he changes his mind. But Michael is adamant that Hunter's not gonna change his mind and that Debbie and Ben should just get it out of their heads. <laughs> well, speaking of Ben, he is on the street looking for hunter so it seems and he thinks he's found him but not quite this guy does look a little bit like him. yeah same hair everything yeah from that like back and side view he looks just like him uh but there is the guy who says that he knows hunter and after a money exchange uh he tells ben that hunter left town for someplace warm he said he hated it there and he's never coming back that was heartbreaking for yeah. Ben to hear that. Like, I mean, there was no context with that, you know, mm-hmm. just, oh, he's gone somewhere warm. I don't know, but yeah. warm and he's well, never coming back. Well, and even that he would tell you that, but he wouldn't even tell me. Yeah, that, exactly. You know? So that was heartbreaking. And the fact that, I mean, it's snowing outside cold mm-hmm. and Ben is out here searching these streets for him. What about his meds? Yeah. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. He's worried. Yeah. That's a true father right there. Yeah. Blood only makes you a relative. Yeah. Craig, yeah. take note. That's the true father. Blood makes you a relative, okay? Mm-hmm. Being uh, a family member, that can be anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love all the f- found family stuff that we get from, mm-hmm. from this show. Well, Corinne is walking Melanie home from dinner. Corinne had the lamb, and Melanie goes into telling her all about how Lindsay makes lamb before she catches herself. I said, oh, Lord, they yeah. met on the date. Yeah. Corinne tries to leave her with a goodnight kiss, but Melanie is kind of hesitant. She's had a lot going on, and... She and we also know that she had a hard time kind of letting her marriage go and accepting that that was over and then moving on. So I see why she's maybe like just kind of on the fence about this whole thing. Uh, But then she just goes for it, you know. Right as Lindsay is coming out the door, what a coincidence! Girl, she was looking out that you attic window it, because nobody the in this game time. accidentally rolls up on somebody. You know, Lindsay no. was looking out the same window that Melanie was looking out of when she <laughs> yes. thought was out there talking to Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That same window that got her ass busted. Yeah. And the same window that got Mel busted. Yeah, she's talking about the trash comes tomorrow. She got that trash like, like two pieces of trash. That in part, there. girl, it's raining. You decided to take trash now. Yeah, hey, baby. 
That was like, that was no, tra- that was a little CVS bag. Yeah. Stop playing with me. Okay. <laughs> right. You didn't have no, no heft. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, girl. Well, anyway, she goes back to peep out the window and lets Melanie finish saying goodnight. Emmett is at the diner and he's not in the mood for the peach pie that Debbie offers him. It don't ever get that bad. No. <laughs> Pie Never. and ice cream? No, like, baby, that's I your go-to. I peach pie, but some apple pie and <laughs> yes. ice cream. It don't ever get that bad. No. So I'm rejecting that. Never. Yeah. She wants to know about the calls from the breather, and Emmett tells her that he has a feeling those will be stopping, and he's going to miss them. Brian comes in needing juice, coffee, and three egg whites. It's not breakfast time, but he's on Mexico. <laughs> and Debbie says that a man his age should take better care of himself. Why she shading him? I know, always. Yes. <laughs> Brian tells Emmett about the details of his trip, and then these two guys walk in talking about a queen who just got outed. Well, that queen is Drew Boyd. Oh, Lord. As much as I want to say, oh, no, it's kind of like, well, Drew, you kind of had it coming. Right. You know, you've been, you know, what they say, you lay with dogs and you get fleas. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, baby, get the scratching. Get you some <laughs> next guard because you lay with the fleas. With the dog, now you got the fleas. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, and I, I meant to say this earlier, but he was already, I mean, he tells Emmett, I wanted to talk to you on the phone, but I was scared they were tapping my phone. So you're already living, yeah. you know, paranoid. paranoid. Like, that's no kind of life. And so this was just bound to bound to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, I hate for anybody to be outed without their consent or without them initiating it. But it was bound to happen. Drew. Yeah. And you just wasn't living right anyway. I mean, you yeah. out here married to a right. your woman you lying to her. So, yeah. And you're cheating on her. So that's already like, yeah. even after y'all were married, like yes. you were saying, it's still not okay. But some people feel like, well, until, until I we're say married, I do. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So you had a lot going on, dude. It but. was just I don't know it's shitty, like on both parts. Like, right. I don't ever want to wish it on anybody, but it's almost like you had instant karma. Yeah. You know. Well, some of our gang and other volunteers are protesting outside of Taylor Electronics, and the cops show up and demand that they all leave. Well, Debbie's husband, except that he's not her husband because her gay son can't get married. He happens to be Detective Carl Horvath. Yes. So she ain't scared. At all. And the cop says, yeah, I've heard of Carl, but I've heard of you too. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Debbie got a reputation, okay? Yeah. Well, Ben's like, okay, everybody, we can make our point without getting into trouble. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's not Yeah, true. no, sometimes you got to fuck some shit yeah, up. That's right. Well, they all start to leave, but Justin's not going. And by now, Craig has slithered his way outside. And the cop tells him he and Justin should settle their family issues off the street. And Justin says, well, I already tried that. So then he challenges Craig, go ahead, show him your great family values and have your son arrested. Like, yeah, show him how great of a family man you are. And Craig does just that. I said, this piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. You you would rather have your son go to jail? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, Next. You can even pretend, like, hey, Justin, come in, let's talk again, whatever. Just to get him away from the cop. You know, no. Yeah, he didn't do no. any of that. Mm-hmm. I would have pulled in and said, Justin, I still stand the way I, I still feel the way I feel. I'm going to stand on this. But please, yeah. go. Like, I don't want any trouble to come to you, whatever mm-hmm. the case. But you can't be here. You can't do it. I don't want, you know, whatever the right. case. You didn't have to change up. But you don't have to. He didn't even think about it. Get him. Yeah, go get yeah, him. Go yeah, go on. Yeah. Get him. Well, they don't handcuff Justin. They just politely escort him to the back of the the cruiser and they read him his rights. Thank God that's all they did. Well, with that going on, it kind of makes Brian's talk with Brandon over at Woody seem real shallow and silly. Uh, But Brian is there to report that he won their little bet. Brian shows them his boarding pass and declares himself the winner and the still the champion. Um, Now he gets to claim his trophy. So Brandon better polish it up. Yes. 
And uh, yeah, Brian, but let's go back. I'm sorry. Let's let's backtrack a little bit. Yes, the fact that you ever having a, a sex bet about right. who's the alpha when, like, the they're well, you got a whole proposition for Justin's getting himself arrested yeah. fighting with his father like- <laughs> we need to slap Brandon and Brian ass because y'all should have your asses over there protesting too yeah okay clearly or at least it was something more productive yeah like come on now and Brian could easily I mean I'm not trying to say jeopardize your business but he could rally some of the people that he know that's moving and shaking some power. Yeah. You know, and, and get some results or at least counter what's going on, you know. But no, nah, you're too busy catching first class flights. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Getting in banos and stuff. Yeah. Well, Emmett is back in Drew's Hummer and Drew is telling him what happened, how he got outed. The guy came back pressuring him for more money and Drew told him to kick rocks, which because some the guy's going to keep doing it. He knows now he knows you'll pay out. He's going to keep doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. So uh, the guy, after Drew told him to leave, the guy went straight to the press, got his money that way. Yeah. Well, Drew is very livid about this whole thing and he can't even go home because paparazzi's everywhere and he feels like a fugitive or a criminal, which is sad. That yeah. gay people have to feel like they're True. criminals when they are outed. Yeah. yeah. Emmett is the one who called Drew this time because he figured Drew could use a friend. Drew is planning to sue and to deny that the photos are real. It's like, dude. That's adding fuel to the fire, baby. Yeah. It's best just to be quiet or even or just take ownership. Yeah, so you, you should have, what you really should have done, they should have had you get in front of this. You yes, have to, you, beforehand. Yeah. When, when he first said, I'll give me the 100000 your publicist should have been like, Listen, dude, yeah, we, we got, got to have to a heart to heart because, yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah. Well, Emmett is telling him that even if that works this time, even if you can convince the people it was all alive this time, what about next time? Unless you're planning on giving up sex. Well, Drew says, no, there are plenty of women out there. Yeah, but when's the last time you had sex with a woman and weren't thinking about a man? Facts. I love that Emmett always challenges him. Yeah. He's going to keep it 100. And that's what Emmett I always said. He does that with all his friends. Yeah. He really makes you think and he challenges you. And that's exactly what he did with Drew. Like, yeah. I mean, Drew, it's no different. He cares for Drew as well. Cares for him on a deeper level level as well. So, I mean, why wouldn't he tell him the right shit? Yeah. Give he him tells him, he says, you are who you are and you can't fight that. Like, there will be other guys and you'll have to spend the rest of your life hiding and fearful of the same thing happening Facts. all over again. How many times are people going to believe the Photoshop story, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, is that really how you want to live your your life prisoner of your own life right yeah some more stuff for drew for drew to think about uh jennifer in her turtleneck bail justin <laughs> out and ben he can't fathom a father treating his son like that or doing his son like right that. well jennifer has a few words for craig and she's got those keys in her hand i think she's gonna go do a number on craig's <laughs> car <laughs> for real. yeah uh justin says what you were saying earlier he had hoped that eventually craig might come around but now he has come to think that Craig might prefer to see him dead rather than being gay. Yeah. And that is rough. That's yeah. a rough realization I mean, to come to. Absolutely horrible. To yeah. even feel that as to be someone's child and think mm-hmm. that the parent has zero love yeah. for you. And they will prefer you to be off this earth. Yeah. Than you to be your best self or your truthful Which self. The only, when the only thing that I have done was said that I am attracted to men. Yep. And I fell in love with a man. That was it. Like, that's all I did. That's yep. all I did. And yeah. Crazy. Jennifer tells Justin that even though his father may no longer see him as his son, he will always be hers. Always be her son. Justin thanks her and he tells her that he's sorry that he messed things up. She doesn't know what he's talking about. And he tells her what Craig said, that he's the one who destroyed their marriage. And I think a small part of Justin did take that blame on. That's common with kids in divorce. Like yeah. They will take mm-hmm. some of that blame on. 
But Jennifer says they were having problems long before Justin came out. If Craig wants to lie to himself about that being the reason, let him do that. But Justin better not blame himself. Right. I mean, that was great advice for yeah. a mom. And Jennifer, she always come through. She's, she's a great mother. She's, she she's developing to be one of Justin's really, really good friends mm-hmm. and supporters. And I love that. I think as a parent, like, you got to have that that parenting slash friendship vibe where right. they can, they're able to come to you Definitely and talk when they're to you. Older, especially, yeah. you know, especially when they're older. So they're able to come to you, talk to you, and just open up. and Or you're going to be kept in the blue. Period. Mm-hmm. So I love the relationship that Jennifer um, has actually made with Justin. Yeah. Because it was rocky at first. Uh-huh. You know, but <laughs> yeah. it, it's come a long way. I do too. And I love that, that that's the person that he called. Because yeah. he could have call, called Brian and Brian yeah. would have showed Brian up. Brian would have He could have called Michael. Yeah, Michael would have called him. Yeah. Oh, Ben was already with him. So yeah, they, yeah. they could have Yeah, well, depending on how much money was involved. Mm. <laughs> you know? Well, we see Lindsay up in her studio slash bedroom telling Brian about how awful it was to stand there and watch Melanie kiss someone else. And Brian thinks it's shocking that someone would want to kiss Melanie. And then he hits his head, and that is what he gets. Yep. <laughs> um, Karma. Yeah, he blames it on the small space. But Lindsay tells him this is the best arrangement, given all the circumstances and the financial issues. Brian does not approve of the in-house separation if it's at the expense of Lindsay's emotions. And he's like, well, what happens if you walk in on them doing a little more than kissing? Yeah. Well, Lindsay doesn't want to hear that or face that. Yeah. <laughs> She says that when she moved back in, it kind of rekindled a flicker of hope in her. And she thought that maybe somehow right. they might be able to get back together. Uh, Brian lectures her about not being able to let go and about clinging to the past. Lindsay isn't going to let him have it this time. She's not going to let him get away with that this time. No, she's uh, she going to do what a friend needs to do. Yeah, she says he's been carrying on like an oversexed adolescent. And she and everyone else knows about his childish competition. With the new young hot stud, not only is it ludicrous, it's humiliating. Very. Yeah, she hopes that he wins, even though he's already lost something far more valuable. Checkmate. Yeah, and that echoes what she told him in season one when his loft was robbed and he kicked Justin out and he's making the list of everything he's going to have to replace. And she was like, there's only one thing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And she writes out Justin's name. She says that Brian can't tell her about clinging on to her past until he lets go of his. She's not talking about letting go of Justin. She's talking about letting go of that stud image Mm -hmm. and the childish things that go along Mm -hmm. with it. And I think she told him exactly what he needed to hear. No, she did. I mean, that's what a good friend is going to do. You're going to have an uncomfortable conversation, Mm -hmm. but they're going to tell you the truth and they're going to just lay it all out for you. And that's what she she did. And he knew he 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 already knew. Like Brian's a a smart guy. Oh yeah, he knows. And like we say, he's very self aware. He knows what needs to be said and what needs to be done. But it's until you hear it from someone close for you, someone that you respect and you trust. That's when it starts clicking and making sense. And yeah. that's what happened. Now, I do want to say that I don't really think Brian knows what to do with himself anymore. And yeah. so he's just kind of going back to this. Like He's a little lost. Yeah. It was, um, you know, this at one point in his life was very satisfying and very sufficient. Or so he convinced himself that it was. But if this kind of stud, whatever, is not going to provide the fulfillment or distraction it once did, What's he supposed to do, you know? know, especially without the two people who mean the most to him? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you have to have other people in your life to make life matter. But I am saying that we as humans are driven by a sense of cause and a sense of community. Like we tend to naturally desire a purpose in people mm-hmm. uh, or at least a person that doesn't have to be a romantic thing. It can just be friends or family or whatever. But we aren't really designed to live with no desires and no interaction and just kind of like yeah. float around. Like, that's my opinion, but science and religion also kind of back me on that in different mm-hmm. ways. Like, we, there has to be some kind of 
for us to truly feel fulfilled, I guess, a lot of times there has to be some kind of something right. that we're living for. And so I think he's kind of lost yeah. on what that would be Yeah, I mean, in the next phase of life. Exactly. exactly. I was just about to say, this is the next phase. So yeah. he hasn't found a purpose just yet. Yeah. Well, Debbie and Carl are watching some detective show. Uh, Carl doesn't think it's a very re- realistic portrayal of life on the force. I kind of like all the detective stuff between them because one of Sharon Gless's biggest roles was when she played a detective on mm-hmm. Cagney and Lacey. Mm-hmm. So I like when they work in the whole detective thing. Anyway, the doorbell rings and Carl goes to answer it. And it is Drew Boyd. And I screamed again. <laughs> yes, okay. Yes. Yeah, low-key, I can actually watch a whole spinoff of just Drew and Emmett. And Carl yeah. and Debbie. Like, I mean, that would be a fire-ass <laughs> show. Y'all, go ahead and leave the comments and y'all watch that with me, y'all. Yeah. Okay? Y'all know that would be fire. <laughs> I would watch that with you, yeah. Carl, of course, recognizes Drew, but Drew tells him that he's re- he remembers him. He's like, oh, yeah, you were with a loud, red-headed woman. <laughs> well, that's Debbie. Why does everybody know Debbie? Yeah. Okay? Everybody knows <laughs> she Debbie. She does leave quite the impression <laughs> on the people. Yeah. Carl tells him that he just wants him to know that he doesn't care what he does in bed and who he does it with, he still thinks that he's a great player. Uh, Drew says that you have no idea how sorry I am that you had to say that. I think he's still in that mindset of having to hide or apologize for mm-hmm. kind of being who he is. And even just that, that is an issue. Like, why should that even matter? Like, if I'm just playing the mm-hmm. sport and I'm good at it, why should any of the rest matter? It's unfortunate that gay people still have to be told things mm-hmm. like that, you mm-hmm. know? Like, that should be a non-factor at this point. But but Drew is also glad that Carl said what he what he said. It was sweet. I mean, it was sweet. To see where Carl's journey has taken him. Like, exactly. From where we met Carl, he couldn't even say the name, didn't even want to investigate really the case yeah. of Jason and then Jason Kemp. And then to see that he lives in a whole house with Emmett, mm-hmm. you know? Hey, Emmett, shave, yeah, waxing his back. Yeah, waxing his back. <laughs> I mean, I just love this transformation um, between the two. And I love what he said. I mean, it was just yeah. reassuring, like, hey, buddy. I don't care what everybody else say. I still rock with you. Yeah. And you're still a badass ball player no matter what. And it was just a respect thing. You yeah. know, like, you're a man. I'm still going to treat you like a man. I don't care who you fucking, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that, Carl lets him in and Emmett comes down. And I think he is very happy to see who was at the door. You almost started crying right here, too. Girl, I know. Like, for <laughs> real. And I just thought Emmett was going to faint. I was like, bitch, just faint. Yeah. Faint. That was me. I would have just faint. Oh, Lord. I would have I been a flirt. They had to pick my big ass up. <laughs> okay. Not even playing, like for real. Well, Lindsay finds Mel in the kitchen. Melanie offers to share her food, which is not part of the arrangement. She also offers her an apology for the whole kissing thing. Uh, Melanie thinks that they should have rules about dating, which Lindsay's not ready to talk about that. Uh, and so she's trying to hide her hurt and shock over the possibility of Melanie dating. But they make it through this conversation. Oh, her eyes look sad as hell. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So things are much better with them, but I think it's too the soon. The reunion that they had in that Lindsay had in mind was not was not what we're going to be friends mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about who we're dating. And it's just kind of funny because Melanie before was the one who kind of had that hope but couldn't get past her yeah. her issues and her stuff. And I think it's really because of the way that she was acting that Lindsay was kind of like, "Fine, I give up." Yeah. But then she was like, "Well." She never stopped loving her. So I was like, maybe there's a chance. Yeah. So anyway, they're just kind of, they haven't been on the same page at the same time. Mm-hmm. She had, like like you said, and like she said, she had high hopes. Well, maybe not high hopes, but she had hopes, maybe, you know what I'm saying, rekindling. And the way they've been acting, yeah. the signals were a little mixed. Yeah. I, I got mixed signals, so I can't, I mean, how would she not get mixed signals, right. you know? And then you just start thinking about like, okay, oh, I'll go pick up the kids. No problem. I'll go get Gus. You go, you go volunteer. Right. And then. 
just like everything is taken care of and everything is flowing like a well-oiled machine again. How do we pull in your girlfriend with that now at this point? Yeah. How do we, you know, so, like, yeah. How, how does that all work and fit together? Yeah. And last time y'all had somebody come over to the house, it ended up into a threesome, so. so. And then y'all couldn't get rid of that motherfucker. <laughs> This person wanted to join every time. You know what I'm saying? So we shall see how things shake out with Mm -hmm. with all of them. Brandon shows up at the loft, and as soon as Brian opens the door, Brandon delivers the line that he spent hours perfecting. You can have my ass. But you can't have me. Yes. Get your ass out of here. (laughs) Looking like a vampire. You look like the Voltori or some shit on Twilight. Like, boy, if you don't get your sparkling in the sunlight. Oh, my hair looks greasy, needs to be washed looking at. He does not look like the catch to me. No, he's like, not he doesn't. Good. And I think it's like because he thinks he's so. Yeah, that's what it which is. Which I know Brian has that confidence too, but he doesn't but a, have to sell it in no, the way that Brandon does. Brian can give a look. Yeah. You know what I'm like he has it down. It's just a look. No words even need to be said. Yeah. You see, you see sexy. Mm-hmm. This guy try to does that do that look thing, and I just see blue eyes looking. <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Like, no. I'm just not here for it. Brian is amused by his defiance, even in defeat. (laughs) Um, So before we get into the rest of this, I do like the bike hanging from the ceiling by the door there. I want to believe that Brian becomes a casual biker after the Liberty Ride. Uh I want to believe that just on occasion, he'll take the bike out. Yeah. I mean, you got to stay fit, baby. He trained. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did all that damn training. That's just kind of my thing. But anyway... Okay, here was my whole issue with the wager thing. Aside from, because I, I do understand why Brian is doing this, why he's trying to defend his title. I do understand that. But here's my whole issue with it, and maybe it was just an ego thing. But don't place a bet for something that I'm not willingly offering you. If I, if you ask me, if we could go hook up, and I said no, don't place a bet over that. Like that's yeah, like, silly. <laughs> you know, like that is what is bothering me. And Brandon didn't. He didn't want the counter of that. He wasn't like, okay, well, you bought him if, if I win. Yeah. He was like, I just want to get back in the club. Yeah, that so, was it. Yeah, it just came off like really like, ew, mm-hmm. Brian. Because, Brian, <laughs> you better than that, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just seemed real creepish Yeah, I mean, because I'm sure if Brandon legitimately did not want to do that, mm-hmm. then Brian would have respected that. But right. still, it just like came across yeah, it's almost all like, kind of wrong. How much it cost, baby? You know what I'm saying? I got, I got $30 <laughs> over here. Let me get what I need. Like, yeah. hell no, it just came off real pervy. It did. Very, yeah. Thirsty mm-hmm. as hell. Like, yeah. okay, well, if you ain't going to just give it willingly, let's put a wager on it. Right. Just, like, no. Yeah. I, that's the part I didn't like. Yeah, it was a little thirst yeah. trap. Well, Brian directs Brandon to the bedroom, and Brandon tells him, just go slow and take it easy because he doesn't bottom very often. Well, that's pretty much what Justin said their first night, and again, their first time after the bashing. So I am 100% sure that Brian remembers mm-hmm. Justin saying that. And I think that as that kind of sits in his mind, yeah. it reminds him of... Of Justin. Of Justin. Yeah. Well, Brian goes over and pours himself a drink as Brandon starts to undress. And when we saw the pectorals... Okay, I had to... <laughs> we I, had to reevaluate. So, I know I just had this whole little rant. I just had this whole little rant on Brandon. But I will say, outside of clothes, I see. Now I see what Maybe. the fuss. Okay, because yeah. the pecs, the body, the booty. Girl, the booty, okay? He got a handful and some. Okay, that's two scoops of Hagen Dodge right there. I said, Lord, have mercy. So we did slightly reconsider. Yes. But anyway, yeah, so Brian's pouring himself that drink. And I think just a lot of things are, there are a lot of thoughts starting to kind of kick in. What Lindsay has said, what 
Ted said, mm-hmm. what Brandon just said, they reminded him of Justin and just like kind of all of it. Um, well, Brandon is standing there in all his glory when Brian comes in and he says, is it all you dreamed of? And Brian says, endless, but yes. we'll make do. <laughs> Boy, Brian comebacks are the yes, best. Yes. Endless, um, but we'll make do. Yeah. Uh, totally different from when he asked Justin if it was everything he remembered mm-hmm. and Justin was like, and more. Yes. It's totally different. Well, it is time for Brian to collect his prize and I just don't. Mm-mm. Anyway, Brandon says that, uh, you know, even though, yeah, you won or whatever, but your, your years are numbered and eventually, basically you'll be dethroned. And so as this is going on and like everything that we've talked about has been spinning in Brian's head, he has a moment of what am I doing? Yeah. And is this really what my life is going to be? And what did I really win here? Yeah. Like, and this okay, is not the even prize. if I won it this time, what about when the next guy comes along or right. the next guy, or, you know, whatever? And so he eventually is just like, put your clothes back on. Yeah. You know, just leave. I love when he had that little light bulb moment. Me too. Like, I am ding! so glad yeah. that he did not go through with this. Yeah. Because so I mean, glad. Brandon would always have this on this over, over him. The only way you even had me is through a bet, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not it's not the right way. Like, that's not exactly. Brian Kenny. Like, Brian, you don't have to persuade anybody. I mean, well, you do persuade them, but you don't have to, like, buy anybody or bet anyone to get what you've always gotten. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you're better than that. You're way more smooth. That's why you cool cat Kenny, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no. It's like, really like, what does this say about me? Okay, yeah, so on this list of people I got to in person, is that really all that, all that matters? True. true. I don't think that he knows what else should matter or what else to do but i'm so glad he had a moment of clarity mm-hmm. right here and that he didn't go go through with this yep. yeah do you think that well i'm sure he did but i'll ask do you think justin knew about the bet and what do you think he thought about it about the wager um he definitely knew about the bet for sure like she said everybody knew about the bet you know so. michael gonna make sure he knew that. yeah um <laughs> i don't think he really gave too much two two shits about it to be honest because he knows he knows exactly who Brian is, yeah. you know? And he, sound... he, when he's not there, he steps back and lets Brian be Brian. Yeah. If Brian's in his own, like, in harm's way, he'll step in and intervene. Right. But other than that, he just, yeah, so I mean, be, do what you're doing. I think he was unbothered with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's trying to get Pro- um, Proposition 14 right. shut down, you know? His mind is elsewhere, right. you know? Trying to get his apartment together. What he's actually doing in his life. I don't think that he was worried about that bet because, I mean, if push came to shove, he could always go back to Brian. Right. You know, like, he knows they will always and forever have that connection. Yeah, no, that was, that's nothing odd. I mean, yes, it's odd. Brian's making a, the wager, like the prize for the bet. Right. Yes. Yeah, maybe odd. people don't know what the prize yes. is. But the actual wager itself, um, no, nah, it doesn't it doesn't seem abnormal to me. Right, yeah. And it's no different than what he would be doing anyway. He's yeah. some hot guy and take him to the back room yeah. or whatever. He so. only he just got ten of them yeah. in, in a few so, days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. I one hundred percent agree with that. Well, over in Emma's bedroom, Drew Ooh. is up there with him, and they are talking, and then we see these flashes of light because pa- the paparazzi has followed them to, uh, follow Drew to Emmett's place, and it's like, you, you're not going to run away from this. Like, no, you're not. going to follow you. It is. Yeah. But I will say, Drew, you don't know how to do the shit. You're driving around <laughs> in a Hummer. Like, right. Bro, you got to get you, you a hoopie. Rent a, yeah, yeah. Rent a hoopie or a little compact car. Yeah, some, but, yeah. I mean, come on now. I'm, what, you got to go park in the underground garage, yes. switch cars, Thank get something you. else. Like, come on, dude. Come on. you you seen the movies. <laughs> get it together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Drew realizes that he may not be able to, to fight any of this because what Emmett said was true. There is a part of him that wants to, to kiss Emmett and to hold him. And... Then for the very first time, Drew admits to himself and to Emmett that he is gay. 
I my little heart is doing backflips, girl. <laughs> it is tap dancing, backflips, jumping for joy. Anything that it can do, it yeah. is doing it. Like, I mean, that was such a powerful, touching moment. Yeah. And then just to see how relieved Emmett was, you know, like Emmett was happy that he was able to help him. Right. I mean, not saying that any of this is going to change in a day, but now Drew can start living his authentic self. He can start being true to himself. Yeah. He may be not ready to come out and just tell the world, world, you know, whatever, yeah. but he can say deep because he, he will fight you. If you call right. him gay, you know what I mean? I mean, he is literally like, in bed with a man. Yes, but <laughs> and let those words come out. some people, they, what they do sexually and what they do romantically are two totally different yes, things. Yes, exactly. Know that, it's a yeah. difference. So um, the fact that he was able to actually voice those words that I'm gay and yeah. I want to kiss you and hold you and things like that. I mean, that was a victory. That was a huge, mm-hmm. huge moment. I mean, and before it's like, I know what Emma was saying about him coming out, but it's like, how can I be honest with you and I'm not even honest with myself right. about who I am. And exactly. So for him to take that first step with himself was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I loved that. And I like that it got to be in Emmett's bedroom. Yes, in yeah. the bedroom. I, they could have gave me a little more. They could have been uh, post-coital in the bed. Is that yes, what that's had? what I love. But you don't want to just see him post-coital. You want to see I mean, actual coital. Well, no, I don't need to see that <laughs> because kidding. with them, I, say, with them, I just... I just yeah, love just the, the idea connection, of, the idea, yeah, yeah. yeah. and I'm how with big you. his body is. Okay, and, see, I, I said oh. I messed with you, but then you <laughs> did it yourself. So well, about, he, that man's fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What is his real name, y'all? No, we're not doing that yet. <laughs> no. Uh, moving on, Ben and Michael are home, and Ben is watching the news and some Prop 14 stuff, and I'm always like, if you're in a bad mood, don't watch the news. You're uh, already mad. Like, thank you. Don't watch the news. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, Michael is there with, with that computer that he got for Ben to try to right. lift his spirits yeah. when his book was so terrible. Yeah, no, you can't buy my love, baby. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Hunter sent them an email, and he says that he's okay, and he signs it, Love, Hunter. That was cute. And, it was. And they needed that. Yeah. And it also lets you know that Hunter is still thinking about them. Exactly. It he knows you know, you're going to yes. be worried if mm-hmm. I'm okay, so I'm letting you know that I am. Yes. I'm still not ready to do more than this right now, right. but I know this is important to you. True. To know this, and it's important to me that you know this. And it shows that he still has that growth because, oh, Hunter wouldn't give a damn. I'm gone. Right. I'll never come back. But he took time out to send yeah. an email. You know? Yeah. And it wasn't about punishing or hurting them. It was he felt like he needed to yeah. do yeah, he did. That's what he's doing. And the fact that he sounded love. I yeah. mean, like, that doesn't sound like him, but they showed him love. So right. that's what he received from them. And he came them. to yeah. love them. So, yeah, at least they got, at least they got mm-hmm. that. That's a little closure. Yeah. It kind of leaves bit. the door open. Like, I'm open. So now you know he he can email back. Or right. he's in some place where they have Wi-Fi and he can email. You know, right. was Wi-Fi out back then? Oh, Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, he had some <laughs> type of internet connection, up. maybe. Yeah. I don't remember when Wi-Fi came. But, yeah, whatever the case, he had it. Did they not think to email the man? Who even knew that he had an email address? Well, I don't know. <laughs> he's a teenager. Maybe it's like the, you know, the .edu from high well, school. Yeah, probably. But maybe yeah. he got his own. I didn't I look mean. at it close enough. Well, then we go back to Babylon, and Brian has removed the ban on Brandon, and he's allowed him back in. Well, Ted doesn't really know this yet, so he's he offers to go have him kicked out, and mm-hmm. Brand, Brian's like, whatever, forget it. And then he tells him, you can lock the doors, you can bolt the windows, but eventually it's bound to get in. Ted asks what he's talking about, what he's referring to, and Brian doesn't answer. But I think it's many things. I think it's. I thought it was love. I think it was bound to get in. Like he let, because like you said, Brandon said this little phrase that triggered him to think about Justin. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't even go through. Like he did all this betting shit, all this running around, 
Hell, he even lost Justin mm-hmm. fucking around with Brandon. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it wasn't the ultimate reason, but right. I mean, like, but you stopped you showing got, any attention. Yeah. You got sidetracked mm-hmm. with this whole, you know what I'm saying, bullshit thing going on. And then you didn't even take the bait. And so that's what I mean. It can get in. Like, one of it, one part of it is love because he did let his guards down. And the fact that he loved Justin, he couldn't even go through and do what Brian does best. And that's fucking, you yeah. know? So, it, like you said, many things. I took it as one of the things being love. I took it as time mm. and age and mm. change. Ooh. Could be changed because yes. of love or mm-hmm. whatever. I also took it as the next phase of the ever-changing kaleidoscope of life. True. <laughs> you know? And then we see at the end that he smiles at Brandon. And it's almost like a passing of, of the it. torch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, it's an, have it, it's an acceptance of this is the new thing. Like, I tried to keep this away, but this is just kind of what it is. And I feel like Brian has gone through the stages of grief with this whole thing. Yep. Like, not necessarily in this order, but he has gone through denial. He's gone through anger, bargaining. I mean, that's what the whole bet was. You know, this bargaining thing, trying to keep it away. Depression. Depression looks different for different people. Yeah. For him, it was part of that. This isn't hot enough. Is this the right shirt? Do I mm-hmm. look good? Do I look mm-hmm. okay? You know, it was that that sort of thing. And then finally, he arrives at acceptance. And yep. so it's like, okay, my days are numbered. My reign is not going to be forever. Yep. I'm not going to be the set of Liberty Avenue forever. And so acknowledging that is a really good thing for him. And I don't think we're quite at the place where we can say, okay, what's going to come next for him? Because I mean, right. it's taking forever to get yeah, to this point. Yeah, I was like, point. we're here. We're, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy where we are. Let's just <laughs> settle right here for a minute. Yeah. Let's not push him <laughs> too far because who knows yeah, what he would turn to. Who knows? So, but yeah, I think it's just that acceptance of life is going to keep moving forward. Like the, the days are going to keep building up. The years will. New people will come in. Things are going to change. Seasons will change. Phases of life will change. And so, I think he's coming to terms with, and I have to accept that because everything that he's been doing since 501 has been trying to stop that. Right. Trying to keep it exactly how it is. Like, I don't want them to change. I'm not going to change. I don't want circumstance to change. I don't want people around me to change. But it's like, that's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. So that's 508. Wow. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot, <laughs> but a good lot. We yeah. got a little... A little, little dose of a little, little bit of everybody, a little sprinkle of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this one kind of like, I'm not going to say wrap things up, but because it's still open the door with Lindsay and Mel, but it kind of tied up a few things, you know, like I'm glad the bet thing over with Brandon is yeah. done. Like, oh, I'm so glad uh, they yeah, didn't let's, stretch that out. Yeah, let, let's move on from that. And now let's work back on getting Justin back home. Okay, like we <laughs> Please, got a couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah, we got a couple more episodes left. I want to see him back in that fucking loft and out of, you know, I don't even want to call his a loft. I don't even know what that is. But, um, I don't know what that is either. Yeah. <laughs> but it sure is, baby. Right. So we proud of you, but we got to get you up out of there. True. And I know we kind of like wrapped up with Hunter, but I don't I don't want that story to be over either because he made so much growth over the seasons to where he is now. Like, it's almost like he ran from his issues, ran from the problems. And I don't want it to end like that for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the end of this looks like. But I'm praying that it doesn't end with us just getting an email. Hopefully, we can actually see his face. But yeah, I thought 508, 508 was great. Now, guys, if y'all want to go ahead and hit me up on Twitter and let me do know not, if do not and let me know <laughs> if um if Emmett and um and Drew actually you know make this make this all the way to the finale. You know, do like not do that it. would be wonderful, <laughs> y'all. Okay, uh, but yeah, 508 was dope. I mean, it gave me what I needed. Loved it. So happy to be back to the regular episode. Yeah, yeah. And cannot wait for what is to come. I know. We only got a few to go, guys. So, yeah, we will be plugged in. All right. Let us know what y'all thoughts are on this episode. Um, what do you guys think about all the things we talked about, about the wager between Brian and Brandon? 
Um, how do you feel about Michael and Justin getting so close and, and things, whatever, whatever you think. But we yeah. would love to hear your thoughts and your opinions. This is why we do it, guys. Well, until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye. Bye.